morning. In my previous Dharma talk, I talked about the first five stages of Mr. Sotesan's life and his spiritual journey. And today, I will talk about what Mr. Sotesan did after attaining the Great Enlightenment. So it will be about the sixth and the seventh stage of his life. After attaining the Great Enlightenment, Sotesan wanted to compare what he attained with the teachings of other spiritual traditions. So he asked his neighbors to give him the various scriptures from Confucianism, Buddhism, and Taoism. He also read the Old and New Testaments from the Bible. After extensive reading of these scriptures, he understood that what he had realized had already been known by the great sages of the past. He discovered that the course of his ascetic practices was very similar to that of Shakyamuni Buddha. Therefore, he chose Shakyamuni Buddha as the source and origin of his enlightenment. This explains the close relationship between Buddhism and One Buddhism. Instead of saying that I am the enlightened one and opening a totally new order, he chose to respect the former sages because they had attained the same truth. So Tesan chose to adopt Shakyamuni Buddha's teaching and perfect and complete it by remodeling the doctrine so as to better suit the people in the contemporary world. He presented the founding model with a great, with a great unfolding of matter, let there be a great unfolding of spirituality. This founding model urgently encourages people living in the modern world to restore the spirituality in their lives. Over a few months, more people from the neighborhood became his followers. He selected eight of them to be his disciples because they were sincere and firm in faith. Then he devised a method of organizing practitioners into a Dharma group. The Dharma group consisted of nine members and a leader who teaches and guides the nine members. When nine Dharma groups were organized, those nine leaders formed another group with a new leader to teach and guide them. I mentioned he initially selected eight disciples. Then who was the ninth member to join? It was Chongsan, who came to Sotesan two years later after his long search for the way. He became Sotesan's disciple, and later he became the second Hedama Master of Wan Buddhism when Master Sotesan passed away. So after Mr. Sotesan organized a Dharma group, he taught them the Dharma 
and train them. They in turn would teach more and more people throughout the world, growing and expanding the Dharma group system. One of the first projects Sotesan began after his great enlightenment was the establishment of a savings union and the embankment project. At the time, most of the peasants were very poor. Sotesan thought that spiritual and material aspects of life should not be separate. So he encouraged people to abolish all the meaningless formality and superstition. He set up the precepts such as abstinence from alcohol and smoking, and he also encouraged people to keep required rice at home. The required rice is the practice of his disciples saving just one scoop of rice per person each time the family prepared a meal. The rice saved in this way would be donated. In this way, only a few months later, the members of the savings union had saved a large sum of money. With this fund, the union ran a charcoal business and gained a large profit. This became the financial base and grounding of one Buddhism project. With funds earned from the savings union, Sotesan started the levy project at a deserted, muddy beach at Yongsan with his disciples. In those days, there was no bobcats or excavators. Creating such a large dike could be only be done by hand and wheelbarrows. This seemed impossible. To some village people thought it was a crazy idea and ridiculed this project. Nonetheless, Sotesan's followers had faith in their leader and worked hard, carrying mountains of field dirt on their shoulders. They worked in the day, and in the evening, they got together to study and practice together. It must have been very exhausting and difficult to sit after hard work. However, the joy of learning made them forget the fatigue. So in 1919, 22 acres of tidal land was reclaimed for farming. This provided a livelihood not only for the initial days of one Buddhism, but also provided food for poor villagers. Through this project, Shotesan revealed a new model of life and practice. Practitioners in the future should practice and work together in tandem. And future religious practice must save the body and mind together. After finishing this land restoration project, 
Sutesan guided the nine disciples to pray in order to start a spiritual community. Every 10 days, these nine disciples hiked to the top of a designated mountain to pray for human beings to become the masters of material things instead of being enslaved by material power. This fervent prayer began in March 1919 and continues until August. Sotesan said, Your mind is the mind of heaven. When you deeply concentrate and are completely free of selfishness, you will move the heavens, and your prayers will be answered. Following Sotesan's guidance, the nine disciples prayed with single-mindedness. After about 100 days, Sotesan said, It's been almost 100 days since you have started your prayer. Yet I don't see any signs from the universe that your prayers are being heard or answered. Now, let me ask you, are you willing to sacrifice everything, even your lives, for the deliverance of all beings? Are you willing to transform your prayers into action, even at the cost of your own life? One of the disciples said, Yes, teacher, it is a great honor for us to dedicate our lives to all those who are suffering. Another disciple said, My heart speaks to me that this is the most meaningful thing to do in my life. So on August 21st in 1919, 10 members of this historic prayer group sat down in a circle. In the center, there was a ball of water that symbolized pure spirit. To show their resolve and commitment, without using ink, each disciple pressed his thumb, putting a thumbprint on a piece of white paper. Then they walked out of the room toward the mountains to offer their lives at the designated time. And at that very moment, Sotesan stopped them and said, Wait, everybody, come back and look. Your thumbprints have turned as red as blood. A miracle has happened. Your minds have moved the divine spirits of heaven and earth. And he continued, As of this moment, your lives have been given over to the world. Therefore, whenever in the future you are carrying out your work, despite any and all hardships and dangers, do not allow today's conviction to change. Then Sotesan gave each of them Dharma names and Dharma titles as a symbol that their individual selves had died 
and their greater selves were born. This story is from the one Buddhist history, and you can also find this story from the first few verses in chapter one of the Dharma book. Actually, Sotesama strict about his disciples falling into superstitious practice. He taught them only to rely on the principle of cause and effect and make the right effort without relying on some superstitious power. If I'm not wrong, this is the only story that he showed something that we might consider miraculous or even superstitious. I would not discuss whether this is true or not. I don't think that this event is something we need to discuss or argue about. What is important is the quality that we can learn from this story. That is, selfless service and sacrifice for the benefit of all beings. The single mind and heart of the nine disciples and their selfless and dedicated spirit moved the realms of universal truth. In this way, one Buddhism received approval from the Dharma realm. The spirit of selfless service and sacrifice for the benefit of all beings has become the founding spirit of one Buddhism and has been passed down, especially to us, the, as the spirit of one Buddhist ministers. Today I talked about the sixth stage of Master Sotesan's life, which is building an embankment at Yongsan, and the seventh stage, receiving Dharma approval. These two events show us the foundation of one Buddhist spirit. When we understand the meaning of these two stages, we are able to understand all the one Buddhist teachings and practice better. Thank you for listening to my talk today. Music